Good morning, Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church, and welcome to another episode of our Faith Lab podcast. My name is Margot Richardson, and I'm here with our children's director, Nancy Nutter. We're excited that you've carved some time out of your day to be with us. Our Faith Lab podcast is a time during the week where we as a staff gather to have authentic conversations about scripture um, and how it applies to our lives and and why we're looking at it the way we're looking at it in a specific week. We're currently um, the second week into a new preaching series here at Selwyn. And our, we're calling this series Letters to a New Church. And we're diving into the life of Paul and the writings of Paul and what Paul says to the church um, and how we can read that to us today as we're coming into a new church in a way. We've been separated and divided, even though we've been connecting online and socially distant. And so um, we're hoping that uh, the Holy Spirit will come to us and, and breathe this scripture a new way um, on this day. Today in particular, as we're starting this series, we thought it was important to dive into who Paul is. Nancy and I joked before we launched the podcast that you either love Paul, you hate Paul, or you know nothing about Paul. Mm -hmm. And so I think this will be a really fruitful um, series for us. And so today we're going to talk about a really big change that happened before Paul was even Paul. So today we're going to dive into a Saul of Tarsus, and we're going to hear about a really big change. Um, and, and that's the, the story of Paul's conversion. And so Nancy's going to read our scripture for us. Thank you. Thank you, Margo. This is from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 18. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and, through the, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight, neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying, and he has seen a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. 
But the Lord said to him, go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before the Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, whom appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks amen. God. Amen. Thanks for reading that, Nancy. It's a it's a longer chunk of scripture and a lot happens. Yes. <laughs> um, including the, the biggest change that's going to happen in this man's life. And so I thought it would probably be helpful for us to start this morning, as I said, just addressing who's Saul? Like, why is this important? And why does this really big event happen to this man who later, Paul, right? This is, this is a man named Saul from Tarsus being converted. And then we know Saul is, as Paul more regularly in the Bible. We know that because Paul wrote a large percentage of the New Testament. And so something that's important for us to remember that I think we often get confused about is that Saul was not an original disciple. And in fact, scholars believe that Saul probably never met Jesus, you know, and, and that's important for us to remember. We also remember that, that Saul was a highly educated and devout Jew. Um, and And the reason that's important is because he's got a pretty fishy background. So even before we get to this part of the scripture, we need to remember a little bit about what Saul has done in a past life. Isn't that right, Nancy? Yes, absolutely. Um, some of the resources say he was a Pharisee, so that, and he studied under a rabbi that was very famous. And so that lets us know that um, he was very proficient in the scriptures, at least in the Torah, the Hebrew scriptures. And he, um, his birthright, he was uh, also um, a citizen of Rome. So he could, even though he was born in Tarsus, he could uh, travel, you know, very easily. And and sometimes I think that, you know, um, God uses people that, you know, are in certain circumstances and um, he sees them and knows that they have abilities that they haven't even you know, tapped into yet. So we could say that about Paul. Absolutely. And, and I think that language of like God using like Saul was a scary guy. And like that alone is important for us to remember. Um, Not so we know he was a devout Jew, but he considered Christianity essentially to be false, like, and actively persecuted Christians yeah, something something to blot out and to get rid of. I mean, you you think about the conversion part of this story, but the very beginning, he's threats and he's going to seek murder against Christ's disciples. That's heavy. Yeah, we know like um, an example of that is in Acts 22, the, the stoning of Stephen, that story, who was a Christian, right? We know that 
Paul um, granted the letters that were kind of that headed to that um, that stoning and that arrest. So yes. we know that he did some some scary stuff in a past life. And, and, and what we remember too, is that, so this is this journey to Damascus that, that he's on when this big event happens. Um, he wasn't just headed to Damascus for vacation. He was headed to Ma- Damascus to seek more Christians to arrest and punish. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that is also something that's made clear um, when Ananias is talking to Jesus. And I love the fact that our Lord allows us space to question and to say, really, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Um, This man has uh, the confidence and the okay from the chief priests to, you know, collect people that speak of the way, men and women, it says, that are, you know, teaching and preaching about Jesus and what they've seen. um, And, he has permission to take them to jail. And as you just said, what, you know, he was, we believe responsible for Stephen's stoning. So it's pretty serious. Yeah. And, and so as he's on this journey, right. To find more Christians, this moment happens, right. And, and he's spoken to, and it's, um, and, and he's, he's blinded. And we know in scripture that we have to be careful when we talk about any, any, a lot of these stories, right, that use a lot of disability um, as examples, we know that we need to handle those with care. So in this text in particular, you know, we hear later on about the, the scales falling from Paul's eyes. And I think that that blindness and the scales falling symbolizes, uh, it's a spiritual transformation. That's, yes. what, that's what we're reading about in this text. And that's what the most important to, to, to hold on to. Um, that that Paul was allowed to see the truth, right? Yes. That's, that's kind of what this is telling us. So once he knew the truth about Jesus, which he knew because the resurrected Jesus came to him and yes. spoke to him. Um, and so once that happens, there's kind of no going back. And that's kind of what this pivotal moment and this, this, this blindness to scales falling off the eyes, that's kind of what that moment um, means in this text. Yeah, and that's a good way of putting it for, for us, the change that can happen in us once we know the truth. We're not going to be perfect, but we can't, we can't go back. We know what happened at Easter. We know we're in the Easter time in our church calendar. Uh, often talk about that with the children, and, um, and that's an important part that once you know, once you're convicted, it's moving forward with the Lord. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think whenever we read scripture, we, we put ourselves in someone's shoes or we try to, cause it helps us understand it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So you could be Paul, right. And you could be dealing with some kind of questionable past, right. Mm-hmm. Or you could be Ananias, you could be faithful, but also questioning, right. Yes. Like, mm-hmm there's this moment where Adonis is like, you're really going to send me to that scary <laughs> guy who's been killing people like me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you can find yourself kind of somewhere in between. Um, yes. which is, I think what we, why this story is so important and so pivotal for us as Christians is, 
because this is this is a story of of ultimate change and as as we're in this easter season and we're we're post-resurrection people we think a lot about the sacrifice of christ and and the change that 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 should make in our lives and the change that we should make in our own lives well absolutely and back to one of the first things you said about you love Paul or you hate Paul or you don't know about Paul. I definitely started out probably not really liking him because of some of the things that he says about women and scripture and our place and leadership roles. And I've learned over delving into him more and studying him that he actually had many women support him both financially and um and, and he used women also for, you know, ministry. And it's kind of like, you know, the scriptures in general, you have to look at the whole of the story. So I hope that as we dive into this series, folks will be enlightened about many facets of Paul. But this scripture just read this morning, Jesus tells Ananias, you know, I'm going to use him to take my, you know, the word to the Gentiles and the kings, people of Israel. And that's us. Um, outside of Christ, Paul may be the second most important person in all of scripture because we needed Paul to get the word, you know, because we're just, you know, regular old Gentiles over here. And that has to be a little awe-inspiring and make, make it worth your while to enter into Paul world. Yeah. And I think what makes Paul so special is Paul's the unlikely, right? The yes. unlikely for probably people then. We all as, as people of faith know enough about God and God's mystery that sometimes you read this story and are maybe not so shocked about it. But right. in my experience, God often chooses the most unlikely people. And, and what I mean by that is personally in my life, and we've been talking about this a lot in our eighth grade confirmation class. Yes. Um, you know, the people in your life that, that point you to goodness and to love and, and to God. And in my experience, those are people I love, but I'm always surprised sometimes mm -hmm. by who it is. And so that's why I, I love to always remember that God is mysterious and that um, sometimes for me, those people are people I haven't heard from in years or um, literally a conversation I have with a stranger, like at a grocery store or, or something I read about in the news, right? That doesn't necessarily affect me in my close circle, but is this moment of being able to see the kingdom of God here on earth. And I think that that is a wonderful thing that this story tells us is um, Paul was unlikely, but, but Jesus knew that Paul was going to be used um, and that it didn't matter his past, right? Um, but that Paul would later on to be not only a faithful disciple who, who shared the resurrection with so many people and started so many churches, Mm -hmm. um, but then eventually died as a martyr for the cause, yes. um, which is important to remember about the life of Paul. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that um, we have to remind ourselves to, you know, when we ask God for a sign or an answer to prayer, uh, we have to remember it may come in a way or a place that we didn't imagine that it would come from. Yeah, absolutely. And, and be open to that. Yeah. Yeah. 
before we we leave and before I have Nancy pray for us, I'm going to have on that note, I think what we can think about this week as we wait for Sunday and think about this text is um, Paul received the Holy Spirit and um, and then was able to share um, the truth and the story of the resurrection, which we now find in our gospel through Paul's many letters. Um, and so I think about the ways that in our busy lives and in our change, um, the ways that the Holy Spirit is moving in our lives and in the ones around us. And so this week I ask you, um, or I encourage you to, to take some time to think about that. Um, where, is where are you maybe looking to change? Or where are you seeing change in those around you where you are seeing the Holy Spirit at move, at, at moving in the world? Um, and so I'll have Nancy pray for us real quick as we finish up. Let us pray. Glory to you, O God, on this day, you whom have victory over death, raising Jesus from the grave and giving us eternal life. Glory to you, O Christ, for us and for our salvation that you overcame death and opened the gate to everlasting life. And glory to you, O Lord, you led us into the truth. And glory to you, O blessed Trinity, now and forever. Amen. Amen. We look forward to seeing you all on Sunday. We've got our 1030 service in the morning and five o'clock outdoor worship. We hope you'll join us. Have a great week.